0: Welcome to today's episode of The Real View Podcast. I'm your host, Allison, and joining me is my co-host, Carrie. With us today, we have a very special guest from the Dayton Area Association of Realtors. We're so happy to have her on today, and we're really excited about this episode because it's going to be the first of a two-part series, so this is something we've never done before. Um, We are going to have a two-part series over the next two weeks to reflect about the tornadoes that happened right around the spring summertime of 2019. So we're really excited to kick this series off today as the first part of our two-part episode of the Miami Valley Tornadoes. So Jennifer Zeller, thank you so much for being here with us today.
1: Well, thank you for asking me. I'm looking forward to sharing the memories of that day a couple years ago.
0: Yes, we're so excited to have you here. And Carrie, thank you for being with me to host as always. Yes, it's
2: nice to be back. Sometimes I, I can't always make the podcast, but when I can, I'm glad to be here. And I'm really glad to get to talk to you, Jennifer, because wow, what a year that was and what devastation yes. the Miami Valley saw um, on that those two days. But first, before we get to the tornadoes, I want to properly introduce you. You are the chief operating officer at the Dayton Board of Realtors. Before that, you were the AE or the CEO of the Moore Board of Realtors. So you've been working in a realtor world, as we like to say, for quite some time. Um, would you mind to just give our uh, guests just a little background on how you became part of the realtor family?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know, those roads that you don't see. You I had a vision in college. I thought I was going to be a newscaster or something. I never saw my life doing this. Given that, I will have to tell you, this is the best job I've ever had. But how I got here, I was in banking for, oh, probably almost close to 20 years. And then I um, gravitated over towards mortgages. I was getting really burnt out on running branches. So I decided I wanted to specialize. I loved lending mortgages were like putting a puzzle together. And I worked a lot with first-time homeowners and it was really gratifying to get them into their homes. And it was something I really loved. But then 2007 and 2008 crept up on us and my paycheck took a serious hit.
2: I found um, Man.
1: I started to panic and it was really interesting. I was having lunch with a realtor and we were just talking about, we had been doing some business together. And she mentioned that the Midwestern Ohio association was looking for an executive officer. Thank you. Shout out to Laurie Johnson. She was the <laughs> one that directed me that way. And you know, I thought to myself, I asked her kind of the salary range and yeah, that sounds good. And thought to myself, I can do this. I do lending. I work with realtors. My mother and my grandfather both owned their own brokerages. I know nonprofits. I've been involved with the chamber. So I thought, easy peasy, I got this. (laughs) Well, how little I knew. Uh, That first year, I'll tell you what, the sink or swim philosophy. But I learned a lot. I was there seven years. And I have to give a shout out to all the leadership there in the members because they let me get my training wheels. And it was a foundation that I think is responsible for leading me to where I'm at today. So then an opportunity came here at Dayton Realtors to run the education, the professional development. And Andrew Sims, who surprise, surprise, he and I became friends because we're both of the same twisted mindset, I think. <laughs> um, but, um, so Andrew asked me if I would be interested, and I was. Um, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to move to a large association and spread my wings that way. And it has been a wonderful experience. Not only do I get to oversee the education program, now I get to have my fingers in so many aspects of the board. And I tell people it's it's so exciting when you know on a, any given day you might be talking to a legislator you might be meeting with a community group we have a great relationship with the downtown Dayton partnership and to yeah. to get to be involved is everything and more that I could have wished for so here I am yes. I I make jokes that um, they're going to have to wheel me out. (laughs) I might be ninety
0: years old, but as long as I
1: can still see, drive, and type, I'm good.
0: That's great. I love that. (laughs) I have a question. Do you find it harder? This came up over our our legislative week. We're just we're recording this. This is we've came right off of our legislative week. So if you're wondering why I'm asking about this, but do you find it harder to tell jokes over Zoom? Because this came up and it's harder. (laughs) (laughs) I know Beth said her. Yes you know the only thing
1: that i've noticed because facial expression is so much of telling a joke maybe a little bit of that is lost but i have never let anything stop me from telling a joke so so love it (laughs)
2: love it (laughs) well before we move on to the tornadoes i know our guests are like holy crap you're five and a half minutes into this we do have one more housekeeping item and this is the standard question that we ask all of our guests as you know, the podcast is called The Real View. And what we like to ask our guests is what is the best view that you've ever had?
1: Okay. This view might have involved a little bit of illegal activity, but that's only if you consider being snuck into a historical site down in the yucatan after the historical site closes (laughs) that might be the little illegal part but (laughs) the best view was with a group of friends one of which had some ends and we ended up spending the night on a mayan pyramid and we were in the jungle the howler monkeys and the best part of the view was the stars absolutely amazing they were right there at your fingertips and then the sugarcane fields off in the distance, which were being burnt, I was told to get snakes out. I'm not sure how that all worked, but to sit on top of that pyramid, listening to the monkeys and hoping to hear a jaguar, didn't hear that. But w- oh, looking man. at the stars and watching those fields glowing in the dark is something I'll carry with me for the rest yeah. of my life.
2: That's fantastic. Remind me to book my next vacation with you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's, a, here's a tip if anybody's inclined to do so.
1: On your way in, pay attention because when we left, it was still dark and we were all so excited and uh, what we were doing. Nobody paid attention to any landmarks and we had no clue how to get out of the jungle. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we relied, there's a group of about eight of us and we just relied on our instincts and somehow we ended up to our car in one piece. I would
2: have been totally like just, I would have just quit. I am the least direction, <laughs> I am so directionally challenged. That's yeah. great. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. That was great. We love that question. It it lets us learn a lot about our guests and it's just fun to see how other people are seeing and experiencing the world. So thank you. Okay. So the tornadoes, these, the tornadoes that hit back in 2019 were dubbed the Memorial Day tornadoes because they started on Memorial Day, May 27th and went in overnight to the 28th as well. All of the storms in total caused an estimated $1 billion in damage in the Dayton and Miami Valley area. And the National Weather Service confirmed 19 tornadoes struck that area in that period of time. So an amazing amount of devastation, certainly something that I think people were not anticipating. You know, I'm a Dayton native, lived here my whole life. We've had tornadoes. I've never seen 19 come all at the same time. So before we get into what you and the Dayton Realtors did to respond to that crisis, I kind of want to hear where you were when those tornadoes ah. came and like what your personal experience was.
0: And Carrie, I think you got to share your, where you were, too, since you are a Dayton native. I want to hear from
2: both of you where, where you both mm-hmm. were. Uh, she and I probably weren't too far We, we apart. don't live too far <laughs> apart from each other. So, Jennifer, <laughs> you go first so that I'll let you know what I was doing. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: I was living in Tip City at the time. And uh, again, like Kara, yeah, you you live around here. You're just used to tornadoes coming through in the spring. I remember when the first siren went off, I'm always kind of the type of, well, will just kind of wait and see, have the TV on. But as I was listening to the weather people talking, I realized, we'll do okay, now it's time to go down into the basement slash cellar, which it's an old house. So I did. I remember going down there, having the radio and the first one. Heard on the radio the first one had passed. It was now in Christiansburg. And I remember thinking, ah, great, it passed. Because it was headed very close to tip, the first one. And when I heard it was now in Christiansburg, I thought, okay, it's good. Going to go upstairs. Well, at that moment, and you're going to hear more about this person, Tyler Warner, who was our government affairs director. Tyler sent me a text, and he said, are you dead? Are you safe? Are you watching what's going on? And I said, been in the basement, um, getting ready to go upstairs. He said, Oh, no, there's another one coming. And it's headed your way. Oh, my gosh. And then, of course, um, who that's who I was listening to. And they're talking about it. And um, again, you can just hear in the, the newscaster's voices, a concern I'd not heard before. And I will say for the first time in my life, I was scared of a tornado. And where I was at was like an older house, very thick limestone walls down in, in the basement. So I actually didn't hear a whole lot, but ended up probably spending a good three plus hours in the basement. Finally came up and I remember it was well, well, well past 11. I don't remember the time, but it was, was late and um, tried to scan a little bit out in the yard. I didn't see too much damage where I was at. So I went to bed and then i don't know if you want me to go into the next morning yet or stop there and let carrie tell where she was
2: okay i can say what i was doing so i was at my house as well and just like jennifer usually when a tornado is coming or there's a bad storm that might that meant my family and i would go sit on the porch <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and go yes. watch you go watch the storms right that's what we did i remember as a little kid my there'd be big storms coming my dad would wake us up we'd had this huge window in our living room and we'd turn the couch around even and sit there and just watch the storms come through. And so, you know, I called my mom and we were both like, yeah, hey, is this real? You know? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going to have a beer. She's like, I'm going to have a beer too. So then I went and sat out on my porch with my beer and was talking to my mom, you know, thinking kind of like Jennifer, like, I don't know, you know, this, whatever, a tornado coming through. Well, very quickly it got, Pretty bad, and it escalated to a point where I too was very concerned, and went into my basement and spent the rest of the evening there. You know, you couldn't really tell where everything was happening because it was so dark, which I think is what made it also even a little more scary. There was a lot of lightning. I don't know if you remember that, Jennifer, but there was so much. I kept thinking, surely it was going to flash, and I would see a, you know, a, a funnel cloud go by because there were some that hit pretty close up in Troy and then Christiansburg. Um, Mm -hmm. But it ultimately did not hit tip city. So yeah. And sometimes it's one of those things like you don't realize how bad it is until you get all these people texting you. Are you okay? You know, what's going on? Are you okay? And you're like, I think I'm okay. I'm in my basement. So (laughs) I'll let you tell Jennifer what the next day was like for you.
1: Okay. Well, one thing that I do remember that really stood out listening to one of the later newscasts was, again, I can't remember who the the weather person was, but she was talking about on the radar, something about a debris field. And the way she was talking was like, you could tell it was not, she knew it was bad. Seeing all this on the radar meant whatever on the ground was really, really bad. So then, so the next morning I got up and it, it was, you know, that day was Memorial Day that this happened. So I had to go to come to work the next morning, Tuesday morning. And of course, it's all over the news about the destruction. And my first real inkling was I come down, used to come down 75 south, come to work. It's usually a 30-minute drive if nobody's stupid and hit someone. So I could not get down 75. I could probably get as far as Vandalia. 75 was, cl- was closed. So I tried to find a par- there are several parallel roads that go south into downtown Dayton. They were all closed because the tornado had crossed over the interstate there, had destroyed houses and buildings pretty much from just south of Vandalia all the way to north of downtown Dayton. It took me two hours to get into work, to find an alternate path. Wow! And in the middle of this, then talking to, so I was the interim CEO at that point, Bob Jones, our communications director, and Tyler Warner, who was our government affairs director. They were texting, you know, I was texting them, letting, hey guys, I'm on my way. I just can't find a way to get here. And just in those conversations, the three of us are like, we gotta do something we need to do something. And I will say by the time I got into the office, plans were starting about what can we do as an association? It was just, we got to do something. So that was my first inkling. And then of course, what I could see coming down just totally blew me away. I've never seen, you know, luckily I've not been around a tornado that did that kind of damage before.
0: This episode of The Real View is brought to you by the Ohio Association of Community Colleges. Ohio's network of community colleges provides accessible training that accommodates the busy lifestyles of aspiring real estate professionals at half the price of a traditional university. With convenient locations in every part of the state, as well as online options, Ohio's community colleges are your smart choice for pre-licensing education. For more details or to start the journey to a real estate career, visit the education page at ohiorealtors.org and then click on the pre-licensed course
2: locations. I drove into Columbus that day from Dayton. And, you know, I don't have to go very far south on 75 before I pick up 70. And uh, the traffic was backed all the way up. I had to take country roads back into Columbus because you couldn't, you know, 75 was all backed up. And if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, uh, Jennifer, but Jamie Simpson, the weather man, Yeah, you know, people. So they're reporting, you know, telling people to take shelter. That's right. We've got 19 tornadoes, you know, ultimately that hit ground and viewers were calling in and complaining that the weather updates were interrupting The Bachelor. And um, you can watch (laughs) this on YouTube. (laughs) I was watching The Bachelor at the time, I admit. Yeah, but you probably didn't call and, you know, yell at Jamie Simpson. (laughs) So, but you can watch this on YouTube. He literally, I, I mean, just is exasperated and has this mm-hmm. mini meltdown on TV, you know, that people need to get it together and that lives are, you know, in danger here. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so I go into Columbus at the State Association, and I know we'll have Sharon and AJ on to talk about the response of the State Association, but both the Dayton board and the state, you know, immediately after that disaster, just started thinking, what what can we do to help? I mean, this is pretty, pretty unique and and off the charts as far as devastation goes.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my next question about, you know, how quickly after this, you know, was the response? And it sounds like it was pretty immediate. I mean, driving into work and seeing that damage, you realize like we got to act now. Like there's no time to wait. People are in need. This is a crisis. You know, that the response time was pretty quick after after the devastation happened.
1: I remember Tyler getting in touch with you, Carrie, right away about, because we knew the Realtor Relief Foundation, there, there's an avenue. What do we need to get that started? But then we also, we wanted to do something immediate right now. And we decided, you know, let's let's get supplies, because everybody's talking about the lack of water and um, all the people, obviously, who were displaced. So we started with um, <laughs> three of Bob, Tyler and I went to Costco, I think it was Costco, and just bought all the bottled water we could find. We bought pallets of it. And we bought cans of peanut butter and cooked chicken, things that would not perish. And then one of our realtor members uh, volunteered his, his moving truck and we, Poor Tyler, who'd never driven one before, I still <laughs> remember um you went and picked up the truck and it's loaded with these pallets in the back, which are shifting every time we turn the corner. And Tyler is so worried he's gonna number one damage this person's truck. And he'd never driven it before. Um and everybody's we were everybody was kind of on edge anyways. And in shock. We're just flying by. I yeah. Mean, flying
2: by the yeah. Of and people really honestly s- just sitting in their yards. I mean, I remember that being one of the striking, you know, images that I remember, you know, I think it was the next weekend I went down and volunteered with my kids in one of the neighborhoods up in North Dane. I don't know if it was Northridge, but it was, it was up in that area. And there were still people just who had lost their homes and were just sitting there. I mean, just in complete shock. So you're right it was it was all hands on deck as as soon as possible but yes Tyler reached out and so what we started doing you know in addition to your immediate efforts was to file a request with the realtor relief Foundation so Jennifer for our viewers who don't know what that foundation is and what it does um, could you please you know tell us about that and then tell us also about your own board's foundation because sure. if I remember sure. correctly, you guys were able to offer relief uh, through both funds. Yes,
1: yes. Yeah. So the Realtors Relief Foundation is um, something that nAR has put together, but you will find that realtors all over and associations all over the country do activities to fund it. I think that there's been a really, really good understanding and response about this is a great program, and you know it's it's up to us. To make sure there's money's there, you know, before the tornadoes here, I know that with some of the the floods and tornadoes down south, the foundation was was instrumental. And I think and I'm not going to steal Sharon's thunder on this, but I believe up until us, we were probably the largest request of funds. But so the Realtors Relay Foundation is again, it's some, it's there, it's funded by realtors and it is to be used to help those communities in need. And then our own, so Dayton Realtors has its own foundation. So um, we immediately, we started receiving donations from other local associations, from individuals. And so in addition to the realtors, the monies that came from the Realtors Relief Foundation, which was administered by Sharon through Ohio Realtors, We also gave out assistance to those that maybe wouldn't have qualified because the Realtors Relief had some very specific guidelines. So we had over $11,000 in our foundation that we gave out. Um, I remember buying gift cards for people, getting to meet some of them. Oh my gosh, I mean, I could tell, I could do a whole nother podcast on the stories and the gratitude, I think one of the most, Striking things was a woman that came into my office. I have a beautiful office. I have a my whole wall is a window onto South Main Street here. Pretty trees. University of Dayton is across the street. And she came in, and I was we were working on getting her some things, and she just sat there, and I could feel her exhale. And I had to get up and make a copy of something. Came back in, and she said, "Don't mind me." This is the most peaceful place I have been since the tornado. And it just feels Aww. so good to sit here where it's quiet.
0: That's <gasps> amazing. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. So, so that was going to be kind of my next my next question. Um, talk a little bit about so you were able to raise all, get some donations, have the fund available, and start giving that back and reinvesting into, into the community. Talk about some of the ways. And then we did a golf outing, too. Yeah, talk about some of the ways that you were able to, um, you know, help people. Was it a lot with homes? Was it a lot with, in gift cards and things like that that you yeah, mentioned? Yeah. yeah, tell us a little bit about, about how that money was was put to use. Okay,
1: um, well, I'll start with we did a, a, a golf outing, and those monies went to an organization known as Crayons for Classrooms, which is an organization that buys supplies for students. Teachers can go in to the, the store and buy all the supplies they need for their students. Well, we wanted to earmark our money to that organization to be used for children who had lost everything in the tornado. So we were able to fund school supplies and we raised over $9,700 through the golf outing to do that.
0: Amazing. And
1: um, yes, we you know some of it was we helped with like, a month's rent or a hotel stay. For a month, you know, because again, some you know, once Ohio had dispersed all the funds they'd received from NAR, we still had a stack of applications. So some of it was giving them you know months worth to get them a place to stay uh, to help with their current situation. I remember one we purchased a breathing machine for a grandmother who had custody of her young grandson who had respiratory issues. And of course it blew away in the tornado. And that was her. And when I called her and talked to her, what do you need? That wow. was her immediate concern. So we we bought a breathing machine, gave gift cards and bought clothes for for children. Let's see, uh, gas cards. That was another big one. Um, and, you know, the thing I, we also heard, and here's the thing. Some of the community, now this tornado actually, I mean, it went over into Beaver Creek also, but there was a section of Dayton that is probably on the, on the economic scale, on a lower end of income. And a lot of the people that lived there, while well, they own their homes, they were homes that had been in their family for years and years, they had inherited them. So there were maybe not mortgages on the home, but, you know, unfortunately, what sometimes happens, if you don't have a mortgage where you have to carry insurance, they didn't have homeowner's insurance. And so they couldn't even turn that in. And, in fact, John Zimmerman from the Miami Valley Fair Housing Center told me that in this particular area, 40 percent of the homeowners there had no homeowner's insurance. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, so. that's just,
0: that's just an incredible community response. And I mean, what a way to be able to give back to, you know, the people right there locally who were affected by this. So I'm curious if you know, and I don't know, maybe if you know or not, but the, the tornadoes that were experienced in Dayton were actually part of a longer outbreak sequence um, that happened over the course of two weeks, kind of um, all the way spanning all the way from Texas and Oklahoma and kind of the Midwest, you know, up until our area and even a little bit on to the East Coast. Do you know if any other association, local associations kind of responded in that way um, or were The Dayton Realtors and Ohio Realtors unique in our response and our our ability to kind of quickly respond to that. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. I'm just just kind of curious to see.
1: You know, I can tell you nobody, I don't recall any other associations in the area affected at the time reaching out. I do know it could have even been maybe a year later, there was a local association, I'm thinking maybe out toward Illinois, Missouri, who wanted to know about our experience with the realtors relief foundation and how to use it but i i don't have knowledge of if like you said if we were unique in our response or if others were doing it i just didn't hear about it so
2: i don't remember any other groups to your point jennifer asking for dollars from the national association of Realtors specifically around those tornado outbreaks but I can tell you, and I'm sure Sharon will go more into this one of the things that was really unique about the way that we ran the operation and this certainly was a joint effort between the state and the local was how many applications we were able to get and how much money we were able to push out. you know we had heard stories. they just kept saying like, what do you mean you went through all of that already? you know we <laughs> we were able to get out the door a half a million dollars um, to family wow. you know to families across the Jane area. Whereas I think some other associations have struggled with getting people to apply for the money and getting that money out into the community. Yeah. But I would say that the biggest strength of that effort was the partnership between the state and the local because the state mm-hmm. was able to, you know, petition the national and and help take care of that. And you guys were right there on the ground and were able to make contact with, you know, Daytonians who were in need of help.
1: I think you know a lot that speaks to that is, Our Dayton Realtors and Ohio Realtors has a a great relationship. Um, I can tell you, the the staff there, many of you guys are our friends, and there's just a super, super working relationship that it was so easy to pick up the phone and call and talk and work together. You know, Scott came over here and did a press conference. Sharon Sample's an unsung hero in this, let me tell you, because... Those applications were not easy to process. And NAR required certain documentation that these people didn't have because it blew away in the tornado. Right. And Sharon tracked down, you stayed on top to get a license, picture of a license and homeowners documents. It was not easy. And I, to this day, I don't know how she did it, but she's she did a fantastic job.
0: Well, we're going to hear all about how how she did it next week, hopefully. So this is a great kind of introduction, and I love this local perspective and how cool that we were able to work together to really, uh, you know, make a positive impact on these people's lives and respond to them in a great time of need. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't have to experience a crisis like this again anytime soon, but it's great to know that. We have the ability and we have the experience. We've we've done done it before, been through it. And if something happens, you know, we're going to be there and we'll be prepared to respond, you know, in a time of need if it ever comes again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We know what to do. Definitely. Well, way to go. Awesome response. I can't believe it's been two years ago already. I was living in Columbus at the time, but I remember hearing about it and had the same kind of worry and concern. And when you see that devastation so close to home, you're kind of just like, wow, it can really happen to anybody. But I'm glad both of you stayed safe. And there wasn't any damage or um, any issues, you know, on your side of town. So great to hear that. But thank you guys both for joining me today. Thank you to the listeners for uh, joining us and listening and tuning in and make sure to join us back again next week when we hear from Sharon and AJ to hear about their response and their perspective from the state level on how we were able to impact um, the Dayton area with these tornadoes that came through. So thank you both for joining me today and we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Real View. That wraps up today's episode. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at ohiorealtors.org slash view and on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Have questions, comments, or suggestions? We want to hear from you. Email us at podcast at Realtors.org. We'll see you next time.